Welcome to the Vibrant MD Podcast, where we discuss weight loss, women's health, and food. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Awad, a family doctor and certified weight loss coach. This podcast is informational, but is not meant as medical advice. Anything you want to change after listening should be discussed with your own doctor and personal medical team. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Hello, my vibrant friend, and thank you for being with me today here on the podcast. Uh, I'm thrilled to have a fellow physician um, who I know through the real estate world, uh, Dr. Ann Sung, um, and she is going to talk to us today about productivity, time management, and all the things that all of you professional women are usually working on. And if you're not struggling with it, you're tweaking it, right, to make make things better uh, for your days. So let me tell you a little bit about Ann Sung. She is an ER critical care doctor, a full-time NASA flight surgeon. She is a podcast host where she talks about issues of productivity, and she is a peak performance productivity coach for physician entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Heather, for having me. It's a, it's a really great honor to be here. So to be talking to your audience about productivity, peak performance, anything that has to do with getting time back. Great. Well, tell us a little bit about, about what you do with people and what your business is. Yeah. So I am a full-time flight surgeon at NASA. So, you know, my part-time is I'm a peak performance productivity coach for physician entrepreneurs so that they can unlock at a minimum 10 hours a week so they can kind of scale their business, spend time with their family as their non-negotiables and do the things that they love. On the side, I'm also a podcast show host for Productivity MD, and I invest in real estate. Initially was active, but became passive after you know really honing and focusing on coaching. Also live in Houston with my husband, and now currently we have a 20-month-old toddler, which you know actually, thanks to him after his birth, that's what actually 10x my productivity even further, surprisingly. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So, what what was it about having a kid that made you ten x your productivity? Well, so before that, I was you know always already efficient. I was focused. If I had a goal, like I would just go for it, take micro steps, and get there. For example, becoming a flight surgeon took me. I mean, I set the goal when I was nineteen, so I was really good at getting to the goal and developing a plan to get there. And then every day is pretty planned out until the baby came. And then uh, the plans just don't work out the way you want it to do. You you could barely order one. It's like, I need white warmers. And I was like, I just have to like wait till one, one nap to get the white warmers in ordered on Amazon. So <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. And then I was doing real estate. We were underwriting, you know, eight unit properties, 17 unit properties. It just, we weren't making traction. And I felt like my identity was kind of lost as a type A person, maybe, or high performance professional. My identity yeah. was lost and I became a mom. I was feeding, cleaning, pumping. And all and the time a, and sleeping. And there's a lot of chaos there in that world too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, two months in, I think when the baby was two months in, I reached out to my coach and I was like, there's got to be another way. And that's when I further accelerated my productivity by outsourcing like ruthlessly. I hired an executive assistant 
I hired a social media team. I hired, I switched over a podcast team that could do more and a house manager. And currently we have a chef who comes to meal prep as well. A house manager who deals with adult and baby stuff too. And so mm-hmm. essentially just outsourced everything so I could focus on raising the baby, but having other people to help me progress in my other professional goals. Nice. Nice. That's really cool. So those are are some ideas. And what, you know, when you work with people, you tell them, I'm going to help you create 10 hours. I mean, what are some of the strategies for that? The first thing we usually do is really focusing on, there's immediate strategies and there's long-term strategies. The simplest way is to see what you can eliminate. And the first thing we do is look at a life vision. So what that means is that we look at where you want to be in your life when you're 85, 90 with full, vibrant, you know, vitality, uh, health, mental capacity. Then we look at who do you want to spend your time with, how much passive income or current business you have, what are you contributing to, what hobbies do you have, or what are you learning what subjects are you learning or instrument or what are you reading? What are you impact? Would you have had or would you want to have in the world? What are you teaching? If you have kids or grandkids, what are you teaching them? And how is the relationship with their spouse? So those are just initial examples of the details like we drilled down into. And then we look at what you're currently doing right now and if it's even going to take you there. If it's not even going to take you there, then we eliminate it or we pivot so that we can actually get you there. So that's really the first step. And then drilling down to five goals of the year. First one should be you. Second should be your spouse, if you have any. Third one should be your kids, if you have any. And then mm-hmm. maybe two professional goals. And then we pick one major goal, and then we just go for it for the rest of the year. And then most importantly, we're, we take a look at a time audit after that, a time audit of what you're doing through the week. Um, through the day, and then seeing how you structure things and seeing what can be delegated, eliminated, and what cannot be, and then see how we can outsource that out. That's really the main strategy. And, and then on top of that, it is practicing discipline, mindset, and distraction-proofing your environment and supercharging your sleep because with enough sleep, then you have the discipline. And with enough sleep, you can finish your top three priorities in 30 minutes to an hour versus five hours. Nice, nice. So tell me what a spouse goal is. What's a, what would be a spouse, an idea for a spouse goal? Yeah, I can tell you mine for this year. Actually, I said I want to increase communication, compassion, passion, fun for with my husband. I want to, you know, create just a non-judgmental relationship with nonviolent communication. So what that means is that, you know, we, we, I'm, I'm focused on coaching. He's focused on real estate. But in the past, you know, I still help out a little bit in the real estate. And then we have very different working styles. And then also with the baby too, when the baby came, you know, it was like a 50-50, it used to be like a more 50-50 split. And now we just delegated what our strong suits are. And then we we take ownership of that 100%. But sometimes that 50-50 split sometimes comes in. And sometimes yeah. when you're tired, you become, you, you have assumptions, you blame, you know, you go into the blaming oh. mode, like, you know, your spouse not doing enough, etc. So this year is really to create that 
to drop that judgment for me and my spouse to, and then have regular weekly Sunday fun, what we call Sunday fun day sessions where we talk about number one, what we're grateful for for each other the past week. Number two, come looking at the upcoming week, the support I need from you. So that's increasing communication and that's a productivity peak performance mm-hmm. tactic as well to, to touch base with your spouse on Sunday or Saturday to look for the support that you need so there's no miscommunication like who's picking up who, who needs to be home by when. And then the third thing is we plan celebration fun activities together. You know, that's, I think that does kind of fall by the wayside when we get so busy and we, and, and then you add kids into the mix, you know, that friendship, not keeping the friendship going, you know, when you don't do the fun things. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say uh, sometimes we just can't plan. Like we've been with each other for so long that you can't think of anything novel anymore except to go out to eat, right? Even if you, if you, even if you like have a date, weekly day schedule, you're just like, oh, let's just go eat or whatever. Yeah. I, there is a book called Couples Adventure Challenge on Amazon. It's a scratch off day book. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yeah. There's one for a family, um, but we get uh, ideas. We scratch it off and then we alternate planning weekly. We have nannies that come, we have weekly lunch dates and then we have weekly weekend dates and we have nanny that comes to cover for four to six hours. And so as an example, yesterday I scratched off this adventure date book and essentially the idea was we went to a park sidewalk. I bought sidewalk chalk for the very first time in my life. I think I've never done that. <laughs> oh, you're just beginning. <laughs> and then we both laid on the ground. We trace each other's like pose on the ground. And then essentially we had to draw in each other's tracing on the floor to how we felt about each other. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. So it was like a beautiful park. We both drew various things. And then we talked about what this meant to us. And so it was a great start to a date. And then it's so funny what he drew was he drew like he put a rock and then he drew a star, which is like a rock star. He like picked up a pebble (laughs) and put it. That's great. Just check it out for, you know, whoever's listening. If you're like tired of ideas or coming up with creative novel, it's really the novelty that you want in the relationship. When you yeah. have a stable relationship, you're less stressed. You can be more productive. This is why we're also talking about this too, because so you you're not stress eating so much, perhaps. Check, check out, and this saves you time from planning too. So check out this book and see what you think. Great, great. I'll make sure we have it in the show notes. So, okay. That'll be amazing. So, how do we, you're delegating. I see what you're saying about delegating is a, a great way to to get more time. And I'm, I'm really impressed at how far you've gone with this. And how do your, your, with your clients, do they, are they willing to go all the way to delegate all the things or are there, you know, pieces that they want to keep or I don't know, what do you, what do you find? There's a spectrum of both. I think it takes time to gain the trust for the your assistant to gain your trust. And then sometimes you're not really quite sure what can be delegated. So I would say that I have people who have definitely learned more and more that if it's not in their zone of genius, what we call it, what they've been trained up to the highest capability, then they're always thinking, can I, can I have you know, my assistant do it. Can my assistant do it? How, if not, how can he or she learn how to do it? And a lot of times also 
we often think, I think the major roadblock is, well, before that was tr is trust. You build up the trust, you sign a confidentiality agreement. Number two is you feel like you have to learn something, learn a system, learn social media, learn this, learn this before you can teach your VA. Though it's actually the other way around. Either you hire an expert VA who is an expert at short-term rental management like mine, who managed my short-term rental for four years before. She's also done you know, coaching. Her prior client has done coaching for years, so she knows how to interact with you know, coaching clients. Or you hire a very resourceful growth mindset VA who's very motivated and they go learn and they take the course and they go teach you. For example, I have my assistant learn a course on, you know, leads, offers, QuickBooks. I show her a real estate. Well, actually, my first assistant didn't know cash on cash calculator. So I showed him how to log into the course to do the cash on cash, et cetera. So for evaluating real estate deals for people who don't know that world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can hire an expert or you can hire somebody who's willing to learn for you. Nice. You know, I think sometimes when people are starting their businesses small, you you do do a lot of the things. I've gotten to the point now where my my staff, you know, there are enough, you know, new versions of the programs we were using that I went in to do something myself. And I thought, I, I mean, I thought this is a win. I don't know how to do this anymore. I can't. They've changed it. They changed the pathway. I don't know how it works. What what the heck am I doing in this program? You know, my you know, I have a VA that does this and is an expert at it. So it's yeah, it is a it is very a nice way to, to do things. Yeah, because your zone of genius coaching and that's where you want to be. That your zone of genius is like you know, it's actually targeting one on one interaction or group interaction, not the back and system of how everything works to get you to where they are or booking yeah. or calendar management, et cetera. Yeah. One of the things I found too is some things that like I felt at times oppressed by like cooking all the time because I healthy food is very important to me. But now I cook three days a week. So when I go in to, you know, get out the vegetables and start chopping the onion, I'm I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. And then I'm the other days, you know, someone else is doing it or we've ordered something or so finding that that balance too, where, you know, you're keeping the things that you like or in a manner that you like. And yeah, yeah, that's actually another one of the obstacle, actually, that I see in some of my clients when they want to outsource some, you know, cooking, for example, they mm -hmm. feel like they don't want to teach somebody how to cook or their flavors and things like that. That's very, very common. And, and definitely there's a training phase that goes along with it initially for them to learn your taste, but it is possible. I've trained my house manager and prior, you know, I have a full-time, more full-time one and two part-time ones, and they've all been able to take your instructions when you have like a manual or a checklist of your food principles, for example. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the chef as well. They're currently, I do have a professional chef just kind of take the burden from the house manager who does baby and adult meal prep. And mm -hmm. he's learning. It's been about two months, maybe. He's still learning because the baby okay. keeps changing. Right. We're just like, we're just like thinking of ideas to, to, to trick him to eat things. But yeah. eventually, eventually you'll realize that when you don't have to worry about things like that, when things are set in the manual and people just knows to cook things to a certain degree, 
you know, so not overcook it or they know you like high fat, high vegetables, high acid or whatever. That's well, that's me. It really can set you free. And that's the reason why I can do this podcast and or that's the reason I can do coaching. It's because all my food is already ready to go and it's just heated on the hot plate ready for me whenever, whenever I'm done with this podcast. Nice. Do you find that people are surprised at what they're spending their time on when they're when they do the time audit or when they, you know, are, are, say, I can't, I don't have time to do the things I want to do. Yes. For example, there was one mom who was deep into real estate as well, professional, realized that she was spending 17 hours a week doing household stuff. Not just, not like spending time with kids, not that. Yeah. It's the uh, grocery shopping, it's meal prepping, it's cleaning. And it's just like so many things you have to like organize or talk to the school, talk to the coaches or talk to whatever classes, you know, that, you know, the kids are in, you're the first point of contact. So 17 hours a week, that is quite a bit. That is like, if you're counting weekdays, that's like three hours a day that you could free up. The biggest barrier is that I can do it faster than other people than if I teach or uh, nobody else can do it as well as I can essentially, or the way I want. That's another limiting mindset that I, I, I see a lot. So depending on what your hourly rate is in your current job, like for example, a physician is an, has an hourly rate, say on average, maybe 200 an hour, mm -hmm. they're spending $600 a day on average, if they're doing three hours a day on these housework, grocery shopping, they're spending 600 a day. That's crazy. That's That's like, three thousand five hundred a week that's yeah. some where you can just three thousand five hundred a week i'm just like doing this real time now that's like over 10k 14k a month that's crazy i think you know if yeah. you think of it like that but if you can outsource to an assistant outsource to a house manager cleaner nanny whatever driver hiring drivers for your kids too and then you can free up at least imagine if you have three hours extra to to think about your business idea, to scale, to create courses, to dive into real estate, to dive into deals, et cetera. I, I love that you point that out about how much you're how much you would get paid for your work, because sometimes people say, well, I can't afford the you know, I can't afford this assistant or I can't afford this help. And and when when you look at comparing it to your own, what you get paid, then maybe you, you know, can't afford not to, or all of a sudden, even someone who's a little higher priced in that position looks like a very good deal now. Um, you know, in the Midwest, we're always looking for a good deal. And so I have to say that. So as an example, I don't know if this is going to be considered a lot or not a lot, you know, in other parts of the country. I started my house manager at 20 an hour, gave her a raise up to 22 an hour. And then the assistant can range from, you know, four to six to expert level 10 an hour. Yeah. You know, that is, I think, less than U.S. minimum wage. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the Philippines, from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, so just imagine, you know, let's say $5 an hour or $40 a day, somebody that you can do things for you for eight hours a day. I mean, that's amazing. And then if you hire an expert level VA, maybe $10 an hour, $80 a day, who's going to be doing all this leading, who's going to lead you to where you want to go and who takes away the planning for you. I mean, that will just scale you, whatever you want to do faster, or or maybe it's worth it to pay. So you actually spend 
quality time with your kids, which is a big part why I hired uh, somebody when I outsource it. So I don't have to, instead of washing pump parts and bottles, I am playing with my child. Like, you know, I think it's just like, it's worth the money for me. It's really precious for me. I often tell my clients that you will get to the same results, but you're paying either with your time or you're paying money. And outsourcing is the one way to get time back, to buy back time, essentially. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Since you work with physician entrepreneurs, do you find that they have trouble setting boundaries on their time? Like if they want to spend more time with their family, but of course, when you have a business, you can think about it 24 seven, right? If you want. Yes, a lot, all the time. And I think that is probably one of the reasons why maybe some of them are not as productive because, you know, people work really good under pressure and they get things done. And then, you know, time, the amount of time you spend on something just kind of expands out to the amount of time you give it, right? So as an example, if you don't have a shutdown routine, if you don't force yourself to cut off at like 4 or 5 p.m., then you will just keep like, keep going and like dilly dally around until four or 5 PM. But if yeah. you tell yourself that I have, you know, night, night before we set the top three priorities and those top three priorities, at least one or two need to move the needle on your top five goals or your one big goal. And if you set a time that you absolutely had to finish one or two, or maybe all three by 8 AM before you actually start your work, then you would have won for the day. All right. So that is one way I do it. Uh, I split my days into quadrant. Wake up. My ideal wake up time is 4.35 a.m. Cold shower. Do my bulletproof matcha. Start on my top three priorities until 8 a.m. And then go to work at NASA. And then later on, my cutoff time is strict at like 5 o'clock. And then from 5 to 7. Well, really, I don't do any work after 5. Uh, 5 to 7.30 is like baby time. And then 7.30 and on, maybe 9 is like reflection time, relaxing time, husband. Because if you work on your work before bed, you're often ruminating in various thoughts. And then it's hard for you to go to sleep or you don't have restful sleep too. So it's wind down time, blue blockers, all that. Nice, nice. So blue blockers makes me think about technology. So oh, we're so easily distracted by technology. That's got to play into some of this time management stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It's so huge because the distraction that people get from their dings and notifications just pulls them away. It took me a while to work on it myself. It does take massive action if you want to really distraction-proof your environment. The very beginning, when I first started it, I would put my phone outside my office. I would get a kitchen timer and do a promotoro technique, which is a 25-minute work cycle, five-minute break, forecast cycles of that. Then you do a 15-minute break. You go outside, look at nature, white space, or a screensaver, a beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. And then now I've progressed to where I listen to Brain.fm. It's a there's a focus mode, recovery mode. I do the focus mode. It kind of entrains your brainwave so to like optimal brainwave state to help you focus. And then the massive action that accelerated my productivity is that I just have, I have a business phone, which helps me. If that's on, that's okay. My personal phone, there's usually no notifications. All the badges are turned off. I have no red little badge icons with numbers. Nice you know, trying to get my attention. 
There's nothing that comes to no lock screen notifications, no drop down, the one that flashes down. There's like nothing in all of the inbox. Basically, have, I don't know if you'll be able to see this. It's also in black and white as well. Oh, so yeah. Gray's put it yeah. at the great scale. Yeah. 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 It's, it's always in grayscale. And then if you look at my home screen, you can't see this if you're listening to this, but if you look at my home screen, there's minimal apps and there's no messaging on it either. Like you don't see text message, only the phone. Uh, all of the messaging goes into the second screen. There's an inbox category. So then the inbox category has message, WhatsApp, Messenger, Skype, Discord, whatever, all the emails. Nice. So they don't, again, have any notifications of new things coming in. And I batch check them maybe twice a day. If I have to, then three times a day. But it's always batch checked. Like, okay, now I'm ready. I finished my top three. Now I'm ready to check on these messages. Because um, sometimes throughout the day, I do have to check messages with my, my assistant too. So that's when I batch check it. Um, but yeah, I think that would be the biggest thing. If you really want massive action, maybe get a separate business phone. And so people can reach you for emergencies. Uh, and mm -hmm. when people call me, they will reach th me through my personal too, if they have emergencies. Sure. But otherwise, turn off everything else. Uh, and you'll realize that no emergency, rarely there's, a, I mean, I haven't had an emergency that happened and people won't text you if there's an emergency. So. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. If you're, if anyone is curious about trying the grayscale on their phone, just Google how to do it on your phone because it, honestly, they hide it a little bit through a few steps because they don't really want you to grayscale and ignore your phones, but it's, it's there. It's available. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what we called, if you really want to be distraction, like a distraction ninja, mm -hmm. you want to basically desensitize yourself from dopamine. And then grayscaling your phone is a way to desensitize yourself from the dopamine hits of these colors. That's one of them. Another way is, you know, on Sundays, you can just not look at your phone for the whole day or maybe start with two hours or four hours or eight hours. And then you'll realize nothing big ever happened when you didn't look at your right. phone. Yeah, so good. I actually, I, I did grayscale my phone too. And then I would pick it up to do something. And I looked at it gray and then I think, I don't think there's anything here I really need to do and put it down again. I mean, it was really very powerful. Yeah, it's it's so easy to be distracted. Yeah, when you um, don't have, even if you have the badges on with the numbers, but if your phone is grayscale, it's like, it doesn't like call at, call your attention so much, you know, like begging you to check. So I would say, yeah, if it's a one tip, I would grayscale your phone. And it's a shortcut that you can change back and forth with photos and videos that you want to view. Like it's a shortcut. You just click the button three times and it goes to color. So you don't have to worry about it. I know some people are like, what if I need to look at, you know, Pictures. photos and videos? Yeah. 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 It's a very quick switch. Okay. So, Great. And oh, and, and then do not look at your phone the first, first 30 minutes of the day because then you'll be reactive instead of proactive until you've at least done one Hopefully all three top priorities first. And that's why you set it the day before and pull up all of the items, slides, PDF, documents, worksheets, whatever the night before. So you're not going into your email to find it and get distracted. And last thing I'll say is to download Inbox When Ready for Gmail. It's a Chrome extension if you use Gmail. I don't know if you've heard of that before, that extension. Do you use Gmail? I do. Okay. I... It's like my biggest productivity hack for email. And, you know, I don't know if you experienced this, but 
Before that, I would be stressed out trying to go into my Gmail because I knew I was going to be distracted and reactive. So once you download this extension, basically when you log in, it's blank, like nothing shows up. There's no email that shows up until you press the button show inbox when you're ready. So what I would do, I go in, I'm not distracted. It looks blank. It's beautiful. I just compose or I search for the important emails from the person I, I knew I had to respond to. Like important emails from real estate, you maybe your property manager, or important emails from, you know, I don't know, your university, from your school, your hospital, the manager. And I'd only and only those pop up and you just respond to those only and you close it out and then finish your top three priorities of the day. Oh, that's a good one. What's the name of that extension again? Inbox when ready. Inbox when ready. All yeah. right. I'll this is also in the show notes if people want to look at this later. Yeah, I haven't even heard of that. That is amazing. (laughs) Yes, it's like now I can go into my email without like always like, you know, before was like, I have to have the discipline and have to have like, I have to fight it. I have to fight it. I can't let myself get distracted, but you're scared to go in because you know, you don't know if you're strong enough that day. Yeah, so true. (laughs) Yeah. So this basically, I have to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it engineers that out. It's just a system you install engineers your own discipline out of the way. Nice. That's that's good. Make it easy, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people do look at their phones first thing in the morning and it's yeah, it's a it's a tough one. That's not that's if not it's a in grayscale, it'll be easier. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. If people, it takes if, practice. If it's a new idea to you, definitely try not opening your phone when you wake up because that's a that's a, a time suck for sure. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah, I like, and I, I love that you said that it makes you more reactive for the day too. So really you have sort of, I don't want to say you wrecked your day, but you have, you know, by staying away from it, you're going to have a better day in general, right? Who Wait. are, yeah, yeah. You're just not reacting to other people's requests. And you're not letting other people's comments give you like, you know, start giving you attention residue. If that makes sense, you want a clear, clean slate at the beginning of the day to tackle what you already set out the night before. Then when you're ready, then in the afternoon, typically that's when I take calls and meetings. Then when Mm -hmm. you're ready, all right, I'm ready. I already did my top three. Then you allow those requests to come in and then you you can respond and serve and that's okay. But the if you can just get one hour of focus time, like peak flow state time, mm-hmm. it is better than four or five hours of distracted time of trying to finish something. Nice. Well, I think we should end there because if people, like if there, there's a lot in here, maybe you're going to want to go back and look at it again or take a listen again or, or, or read the transcript. But but I think you just what you said was gold there. If you can protect an hour in the morning, to work towards your goals, that's really going to move the needle for you. Thank you yeah. so much for being here and sharing all this. Yeah, of course. And it's it's really awesome to be here. And for the audience, you know, out of everything you've heard from this, please just pick one thing to do right after this. Don't wait until tomorrow or the next day, whether that's Googling at a grayscale or phone or whether that's downloading Inbox When Ready extension or, or in your head, set a non-negotiable time to cut off, shut down your computer, or set a time that is non-negotiable in the morning, like, hey, for 30 minutes, first 30 minutes of the day, I will not look at my phone, and I will do one task that's going to move the needle on my priority. 
and and that that would be that would already change your trajectory uh, exponentially. And one last thing I will say is a lot of people try to wake up early by cutting off their sleep early when they didn't go to bed early enough. And I would say I used to do that, try to wake up at four or five to do things. But now. I, if I happen to go to bed late, I still make sure I get an hour and a half of deep and REM sleep, you know, seven to eight hours. I wouldn't cut my s- sleep short just to think that maybe I will be productive because you'll be less productive that way, actually. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I think it wasn't that long ago that that's what pr- productivity people were saying. Like, you just cut back on your sleep a little bit and that's, and we know that doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's like the foundation. If that's not right, nothing else is right. Yeah. That. All right. So Dr. Ian Sung has been with us today and, and shared so much, so much gold here. So I really appreciate that. And so some of you I know are thinking that you might want to work with her. So I will make sure that all her social media and website and everything, all the contacts will be in there that she would like to share. But Anne, could you also just say them out loud for people who are only going to listen? Yeah, yeah, of course. So please go to productivitymd.com. Over there, you can find the links to the podcast. You can book a discovery coaching call with me to see if one-on-one coaching is actually right for you. Or you can uh, contact me on social media platforms, Anne Sung, T-S-U-N-G-M-D on Instagram, Facebook, and we have like resources of like a resource list that we can share with you as well of everything that we talked about, things I sent to my clients. So I'm happy to share that with you. Terrific. Thank you again. Thanks everyone for being with us today. And I, I know that with all the professional women out there, there's a, there, if you picked one thing here, it could really make a big change in your, in your day and your week. So thank you. Thank you, Heather. Much, much appreciate the time and the presence of your audience. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there, this is Dr. Heather Awad. Even though I'm a family doctor who spent decades coaching patients about healthy food, I know what it's like to struggle with midlife weight gain. About eight years ago, that struggle consumed my thoughts. I know what it's like to wake up and be frustrated that my clothes don't fit and I'm uncomfortable with my body and to lay down at night, beating myself up for my lack of willpower. I tried eating less, grazing, and special diets that didn't help at all. The worst was when I worked so hard with one of those app-based programs for six months, lost weight, and then bounced back to an even higher number. I worried I was going to be stuck at an unhealthy weight for the rest of my life. So I know how painful it can be. And I know what it's like to be on the other side of it. To be back down and have a life where I wake up and know I can eat food I like. I go to bed at night thinking about what I'm excited about for the next day. Because I'm not worrying about what I ate that was wrong. The best part is I never worry about being that old weight again. And I want this kind of life for everyone. That's why I do the work that I do. Because I know how painful it can be when you watch that number on the scale rise at midlife and beyond. And I have dedicated myself to helping lots of women discover how their bodies work so they can lose weight and eat food that they love. Life is too short to spend it with constant mind chatter about food. I'd be honored to support you or someone you care about. If you go to my website, heatherawadmd.com or vibrant-md.com, 
you can book a call with me where I will give you real results, the next best steps for you going forward. And if you're thinking that you want the accountability of working with a coach as your guide, please reach out and I would be so pleased to work with you. Thank you.